Hello, thanks for tuning in to the West Side Podcast. This is where we're going to be posting some of the audio from our gatherings on Sundays, and we're hoping to develop some other content that we're excited to share with you in the future. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus, step by step. And we really hope that this podcast helps you do just that. We hope it helps you get closer to Jesus. We hope that you would be reconciled to God and not only that, be reconciled to the relationships around you and to the city that you live in, wherever that happens to be. Again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. This is the third week of Advent. So uh, the first week we talked about hope. Christy did an amazing message on hope. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, we do. You can go on our on the internet, internet, internet site. I threw those two words together. Maybe we can make a word. Um, and or, or like I'll watch them sometimes on YouTube. But it just was a really, really good message. Uh, more than just a Christmas message or an Advent message. There was some stuff in there that I'm still kind of unpacking. And then Brooks... Last week talked about love, which is the second word in, in the second week of Advent. And uh, he did amazing too. Um, again, I encourage you to go back and even if you did, if you, even if you were here, uh, go back and listen to it again and maybe take notes or just, you know, sometimes you'll pick up different things, right? Um, so I get to talk about joy. I get to talk about joy. Yeah. Um, I, I get to oversee the young adults here. Can I get like a shout out? Young, all right, that wasn't bad. We're a little, we're louder than that on Thursday nights. But um, this last Thursday night, they, I, I told them that I'd be preaching and what I was talking about, and I wanted to get some of their definitions of joy. So let, let's throw out some definitions of joy just before we get rolling on this, so we know what we're talking about because I think it's really important. Okay, um, but I, I'm really, I, I was really uh, happy with some of the definitions that. I got on Thursday night. This again, this is from our young adults. Um, you don't, you know, we're not judging them if they're wrong or right. I, I wouldn't read them to you if I thought they were way off, right? Um, but uh, listen, listen to some of these. Some of these. I think they're going to go up on there too as I read them. This is one: a state of contentment that overrides worry. I like that. I like that. How about two? A, a foundation of security that weathers life's storms. Joy. Pretty awesome. Um, how about joy as a shield against our emotions? Pretty cool. Uh, my personal definition, I'll, mind you, you can, look, you can look up joy and look and see all kinds of definitions. Most of the definitions that I was finding was about this ecstatic feeling. And I don't think that it's that. I actually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Smarty Pants here, I'm not trying to like doubt Webster's or something, but I don't think they were given what I believe is biblical joy, what we're talking about here for Advent. I think it's more like this. Joy is a state of being, a position we hold that informs our attitudes toward all things. Joy is a state of being, a position that we hold that informs our attitudes toward all things. The idea generally, guys, is that what I'm trying to say is joy is not the same thing as happiness. That is a fleeting thing. It comes and goes. It's based on your circumstances. It's based on are things good today or are they bad today. Happiness sort of comes and goes. You all know that. I'm not teaching you anything new. Joy is different than that. 
And joy is something that we need. And if you're here and you've given your life to Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, this season celebrates something that he has given to you that doesn't go away. But because we're all human, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, it's weird how sometimes it feels like it goes away. Or even we'll use the term, uh, it feels like my joy is being stolen, like, like the enemy has stolen my joy. We'll go through things like that. And I want to talk about that tonight. Let's pray. And I'm going to ask God to kind of help me get through this, okay? So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, you are so good. So good that you would give us joy. That you would, um, that you would come to this place. And do what you did for us to show us your love, to bring us hope, to bring us love, to bring us joy and peace. Lord, the things that you did, we'll never quite understand it. But I want to chase after you for the rest of my life. Just knowing <laughs> all of that stuff that you've done for me is just, ah, it's incredible. Will you help me tonight, Lord, just to, to speak this out in, in a spirit way, not my way, but your way? Because I know that there are some in this room that need to really catch this. And I can't make that happen. That's what you do. And I, and I want to ask you to do that right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When I told Gretchen, my wife, that I was going to be speaking on joy tonight, we both chuckled a little bit. Um, partly, as some of you may know, we've had a very, very sad and difficult last season, four to five, six months. Gretchen lost her brother a little over a, a month and a half ago to cancer, to stomach cancer. He was younger than us, just the most amazing guy you would ever meet. Everybody that met him laughed. He made people smile. He was just one of those types of people that you just kind of go, God, like, you know, why him? It doesn't seem right, but... Um, so when I told Gretchen, Gretchen, I'm going to be speaking on joy, we both sort of chuckled because this has not been a season for either of us where we're like just skipping around and enjoying everything. And I thought to myself, maybe I'm not the guy to do it, right? I was, I was like, maybe I'm not the guy to really speak on joy. And then God's really been filling me as I've been, as I've been pressing in and, and really studying and all that. God's like really filled me with this idea, no, you are exactly who I want to do it. Because what you don't need is somebody up here that's gonna preach joy at you, that's doing really good financially, full of health, pulled up in a Mercedes, you know, like, not that there's anything wrong with those things, but me personally, that's not the guy I need to hear about joy from. Does that make sense? Like, hey, good luck with that, buddy. How about we hear from somebody who's just like me, kind of going through this stuff too, right? Remember what we said, joy is not happiness. Gretchen and I have kind of fought for happiness in these last months. Just good old-fashioned, just give me something to be happy about. Sometimes for me, it's just pizza, <laughs> you know? Just give me something, you know, right? But 
I, I want you to know that that's the place I'm coming from tonight. You might be here tonight and you need to know that. Maybe you just need to know that. Maybe you're going through some serious stuff and it's hard for you to listen to a guy or a woman up here preach at you about stuff because they got it all together. Well, I want to tell you, this is a good message to hear from a guy who doesn't have it all together right now, okay? Here's the other thing that's very fascinating as I've been looking into this, okay? Joy, all throughout scripture, so often gets linked with suffering. Now, I don't know if you've ever done a study on joy or if you looked through, but it so often gets linked with suffering. Now, that's not a weird thing because, for example, right off the get, joy, if you don't know it, is a fruit of the spirit, okay? So when Jesus comes and makes his abode in you and he gives you his spirit, you should start to show fruits of that spirit. And, and there's a whole list of them. And joy is one of them. So is patience. And there's a couple on that list that when you really look at them, they sort of, they, they, they give you the idea that you, there's trouble coming your way. Let me give you an example. Like if you're about to go into a room and close the door, didn't know what you were going into. And I, and I stopped you and I said, hey, and I handed you a gun. And I said, you better, you better take this before you go in. Just, right? If I said that to you, what would you do? You'd be like, well, what is behind the door, right? What are you giving me this powerful weapon to go in there? What is behind this door? Well, when Jesus tells you a fruit of the spirit is patience, I'm the person, I'm the little kid who goes, well, what do we need patience for? Right? I'd rather not need patience. I'd rather say, hey, Lord, can we just have everything go my way for the rest of my life? No. But that's the same thing with joy. Joy rises to the occasion in suffering. And the fact that he gives you joy, there's something about that, that, hey, on the other side of it, we're going to go through suffering. And here's the deal. It's not that I'm trying to give you the bad side. It's that I don't want to be afraid of the bad side. I don't want to be afraid to talk about suffering. I don't want to be like a church that's sort of like, hey, we don't really talk about that because, you know, no, we're all suffering. It's 2021. We've suffered for two years now, right? We need to know about this joy that's part of Advent that we get offered to us that rises to the occasion in our suffering. Check this out. I'm going to go through this really fast because I don't really have time to develop any of these. But just a couple places in scripture to kind of show you what I mean by this, this combo of joy and suffering. James 1, 2, we've all heard this one before. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Are you kidding me, James? Joy when you encounter those? And then he goes on there to explain why it's joyful, why we can be at joy, which I, like I said, I'm not going to go into for tonight, but you, you guys, it's right there. Consider it all joy. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah 8.10, we get the famous, um, for the joy of the Lord is our strength statement. Really cool. I'll just, I don't want to, I can't flesh it out too much, but in Nehemiah, they, all kinds of things are being restored in Israel. Go back and read it. It's really cool. Um, and when you get to chapter eight, Ezra starts reading the law. So he, in the, in, the, in the beginning of Nehemiah 8, it actually talks about that they get up in the morning and he reads the law to them. And when you hear the law, to us, that's like the Old Testament, the books they would have had at that point. And he starts reading it to them. 
And it says he reads it till like mid-afternoon. I mean, he's reading possibly for six hours. It also says that the people, when they heard the word of God read to them, they all stood. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Can you imagine though? We all stand through six hours of reading. But that's how intensely important and incredibly powerful that these people knew the word of God was. So much so that in verse 7, it starts to talk about the they're all weeping. They're hearing the law and they're all weeping. It doesn't go into why they're weeping, but you can only imagine, right? They're weeping. Maybe they're weeping because they're being convicted of stuff that they've been doing. Maybe they're weeping because it's been so long that they've actually heard the law read to them. All kinds of stuff, but it's really fascinating. And then we get to this Nehemiah 8.10, where Ezra says to them, go eat the festival foods and, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Pretty awesome. And again, I'm going to leave this out there. You, you talk to God about it. You discover it on your own. Is he talking about the joy of the Lord? Like it's joy that he gives to you and hands to you and you get to have it. Or is he talking about God's joy? That he is joyful over you. You ever think of that? I'm going to tell you right now, I grew up in a church where I, it was never explained to me or, or talked about that maybe I actually serve a joyful God. I'm going to leave that one with you. Then another famous passage, Philippians 4. And again, I'm just kind of showing you where in scripture some of this suffering and joy get linked. But Philippians 4, 4 and 5, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. By the way, we don't use that word rejoice very often anymore, do we? It's not a word we use. But rejoicing is really like joy in action, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. Let your joy be in action and let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Why would I need to let my forbearance known. Forbearance is just another way of, if you, just an easy way of saying, my things are going to be okay attitude is forbearance. That things are okay. That, that all men should see that in me because I rejoice in the Lord. And why? Because the Lord is near and I know that. That may not seem like a, I mean, it might, might seem like I'm kind of stretching for suffering and all, but don't forget also that Paul wrote that while he was in prison. Last time I kind of heard prisons not fun um so let's link this to christmas let's let's link this and make this a christmas message now okay um i'm going to read you another verse that uh doesn't on on the surface doesn't seem like a christmas verse but it really is um this is another place to realize this joy and suffering combo here hebrews 12 2 is where it says, looking only at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, who with the, the joy before him endured the cross. This is the Savior that came and entered earth in a manger, and this is what he did. He entered into our suffering. Christmas is about Jesus entering into our suffering. Can you even grasp that? Can you even grasp that? The answer is no, you can't. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. No, you can't. I can't. I can't grasp that. The only way I can think of it, here's, this is so far off the mark, but this is what I was thinking about this last couple of weeks. Um, 
probably one of the things I hate to do at work the most is, uh, I, I don't hate many things, but like at work, every so often we'll get this shipment of metal in that's for uh, like commercial windows. And they come in these long boxes that are like 24 feet long and they'll have stock lengths of metal in them. They're not light, they're heavy. So it takes two guys to get these off the, off the you know, truck and you gotta kinda get them in. And you know, you're carrying them up on your shoulder, it feels like you're carrying a telephone pole, hurts your lower back, hurts, it just hurts everything, even if you're young and in good shape, okay? Which I'm not anymore. Um, so, but I, I'm, I'm, that, that's not a big deal. But I wanna tell you about this time. Gretchen and I, one of my favorite times on this planet Earth was a time I was sitting next to my wife Gretchen on the big island in Hawaii. I had a, hold on, I need to take some time here. Come with me here, (laughs) okay? Uh, I had a, a banana and like chocolate smoothie. I had one of the best burgers I've ever had. I'm sitting in a low chair in the sand, looking out at the ocean. The sun is setting, but it's still, I don't know, 18 inches (laughs) off the horizon. You know, it's kind of, so it's coming down and I'm just thinking best burger, smoothie, toes in the sand, perfect temperature, perfect company with my loving wife. I can hear Hawaiian music off in the distance. There's tiki torches all being lit because it's starting to just darken a little. You know, you guys know like when that, when the sun starts to set, just as it's before it starts to set, there's something vibrant that happens to all the colors, right? It's like, it's like God hits the edit and just vibr- <laughs> gets the vibrance up. Like it's just all of a sudden, everything's just amazing, right? And I'm just sitting there and, I, and maybe some of my f- closest friends have heard me say this. It was one of the times in my life where I truly, I just was like, it does not get better than this. And I'm sitting there, the only thing I could think of is, in that moment, could, could you imagine, or could I imagine, if somebody came up and whispered to me, hey, we got a truck to unload. <laughs> it, we got metal, we got to unload, it's going to take a couple hours. Like, like the bubble burst, like that, like that, are you kidding me? No way. I, I mean, I'd be like, I'd quit, I quit, no way, I'd be done, right? That times a million, can you imagine what Jesus left? I don't even know. The paradise that he left, whatever it was, to come here, to come here and enter into our suffering, to bring us joy. What he saw, what the Bible says he saw, that joy that he saw, that is what led him to enter into our suffering. I'm telling you, y'all, that's gotta be more than just like a little happiness here and there. That is a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal. What Jesus did for us, that he would enter into our suffering, just, just knocks me out. And that's what Christmas, I almost said it, that's like the most cliche thing you can say. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's, that's not, I'm not saying that, but, but joy, what he brought to us to enter into our suffering. Now look, here's, here's where we gotta like, we gotta talk some stuff out here, Okay. Because part of the problem, I realize I have a job to do today, which is sort of to get your mind off of pleasure 
and happiness and the temporal things that sort of please us in the moment and get you off of that and and realize that's not joy. Now, can joy sometimes make that happen? Can we have fruits of joy that make a, of course. Sometimes joy makes you wanna dance. Sometimes joy makes you wanna sing. Whatever, that's, I'm not saying that they can't sometimes link, but the temporal happiness and that kind of stuff is not what joy is. The problem is we need to stop chasing happy and we need to start resting in joy. We need to stop chasing after happy, which is what the whole world, everything tells you you're supposed to be doing, and we need to rest in joy. And Christmas time is the ultimate time for this struggle, what I'm talking about. Think about it. Christmas time, just with the commercialism of it, and I, by the way, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year. I love the songs. I love the lights. I love getting gifts. I love eating too much. All of it. I love all of it. So it's going to sound like I'm knocking Christmas, and I don't mean to. I'm knocking the parts of Christmas that should be knocked, okay? But what, are we, what, are, what is Christmas doing? It's like, or, or I should say this season and what the world does with this holiday. It just like forces happiness. Like you're supposed to be happy right now. You're supposed to be happy. Look at all this. You're supposed to. And is it any wonder why people who struggle with depression, this is one of the worst times of the year for them. It's not, you know, they already struggle with that, and I've been there, but now they struggle worse because they're told, well, you're, you're, you're crazy. You're supposed to be happy during this season, right? This is the happy season. Everything's happy. Just, well, go buy yourself a gift. Go decorate this. Go do this. Go do this. Go eat some more of this. Go drink some more of that. Whatever it might be. This is a season, and it's to me, what it feels like is Satan's great bait and switch type of thing. He knows that happiness is so close to joy, but he wants to get people off of actual joy that comes from Christ alone and go, you know what? You guys can manufacture it kind of for yourself. So let's, let's just do that. Let's kind of manufacture it yourself. You don't need Christ for that. I mean, I'm, I know you guys know what I'm talking about with just the way Christmas just drives it down our throats. I, I, I want to list just really fast some of the things that I really believe happens to us when we chase happy, when we chase pleasure, chase that next momentary fleeting feeling instead of resting in joy that's there for yours to hold and keep, okay? One, one is that we get down often. Uh, it's really easy. We get let down because it doesn't last. This idea chasing after that, you're, you're just asking yourself to get let down often because none of it lasts. Two is we get, we get addicted to what the world offers in place of joy, right? It's really easy to get addicted to it because for example, you know, it, it, it comes and you, you get a little happy. It's kind of nice. Kind of makes you not, you know, not worry about things for a couple hours. And I'm not talking about anything in particular. I'm just thinking of the happy things that we chase after. Not even all of them are wrong, by the way. I'm just saying when you chase after that feeling, but what happens? It goes away. Well, gee, I'd like to get that again. 
And some things out there are very addictive because of that. When we chase after happy, it also has a tendency to feed our flesh, which can dull our appetite for real joy. You know, like I, like I might have told you guys this a long time ago, but like I got used to drinking <laughs> Coke Zero, Diet Coke, okay? But I will not touch regular Coke ever again because I know as soon as I get that real sugar back, that Diet Coke's going to taste like garbage. I just know it. So I don't want to have anything to do with what's bad for me. I want to stay with, and technically you guys are going to say, well, no, you know, the Coke Zero is not that good for you either. But you get what I'm saying, right? Your appetite, your appetite, when you constantly are chasing after the flesh. Sometimes I think the flesh, you know, you get too far into your flesh stuff, you, you can, almost can't even recognize the joy. Um, another thing that happens is we mistake happy for something that God must be into. And then when it goes away, we're mad at him. You, you put too much stock in your happiness, and I'm gonna say this even into like your spouse or your kids or your families or whatever, it is awesome that they bring you happiness. Nobody's saying that's wrong. I hope you understand that. But when you put your stock in that, when you put your hope in that, when that's what gives you what you're thinking is true joy, when something goes wrong in that area, your world comes out from under you. Not only that, but it's no wonder that sometimes we get mad at God then. Because we feel like, well, God gave me that. When we chase happy, it can tend to do that. This is the last one. I'm sure there's lots more. But also, when we chase happy, we, we act like little children sometimes. We act so surprised when suffering comes. We know this is a tough place to be. We know suffering's coming, but sometimes we act like, oh, yeah, no, like, like it throws us so, so massively. It's why I'm not afraid to talk about it up here because I want to be able to hit it straight on. Suffering is going to be part of our life. But when we're chasing happy, sometimes we act so much like, oh, I just, I'm so surprised. It reminds me when my son Daniel, he was really little, started wrestling. He was started wrestling at probably the youngest age you could possibly start wrestling <laughs> But I was never a wrestler. I didn't know how to teach him anything. I was kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Let's see what's happening. But he started wrestling and he looked really cute in like his wrestling stuff in his singlet. And he had his wrestling shoes and he's all, you know. And he would go and he would practice against his cousin who was roughly the same height and weight and all of that. And these guys would wrestle. And whenever I'd watch their practice, all I saw these guys doing was laughing. Okay, I'll get you in this hold. Okay, <laughs> and they'd laugh and I'll get you in this, right? Well, then they decide to go into a tournament. So I go to this tournament. It's Daniel's first tournament. And he draws his cousin as the first one to go against. Awesome. No big deal. They get out on the mat. They're still laughing. And as far as I know, I don't know what happened, but they probably whispered like, here, you win this one. I'll win the next one. So Daniel pins him, because I'm telling you right now, Daniel was no better than his cousin. But he pins him. And, and even after he pins him, his cousin's just laying on the ground like, all right, whatever. But then Daniel has to go against this kid who's been wrestling for a year and has been to lots of tournaments and is actually taking it seriously. And the next thing you know, my son is in some weird hold on the ground, struggling, red-faced, weeping, looking at me like, aren't you going to come do something about this? I could, I could not be a parent of a wrestler or like an MMA fighter or anything like that. If you guys have... 
oh, more power to you, but seeing your son get beat up is not, <laughs> that was not fun. And he's just crying like anything, just get me out of this. He's so surprised at, at suffering. He was so surprised when things got tough. We can't be like that, you guys. Resting in joy. Resting in joy. Joy from his forgiveness. Knowing you're forgiven. Joy from his friendship. Joy. Not just like, oh, I'm going to be friend. No, I'm his friend. I used to be his enemy. And now he calls me his friend. That brings joy. Because that's what I am. Joy from our inheritance. He goes so far as to tell us, if you are saved, if you have given your life to Jesus, that you inherit the kingdom. That's crazy. You go from being his enemy to his friend to inheriting. You're like his kid who inherits the kingdom. That brings me joy. That's joy because it's what I am. Joy from understanding how much he values you. Listen, if you're a Christian here tonight, you can't look at the manger scene or the cross and not see your worth to him. Next time you go by a manger scene, take a second look at that little baby. That's your worth to him. That he would enter into our suffering for you and he would start off as a little child like that. And especially when you see the cross. That's how much you're worth to him. That brings me joy. Am I happy all the time? No. No, this makes me happy too. But I still have to get up for work and do the different things, just same as you. People in my life die. People in my life get lost. Different things happen. Those are not happy times. But this brings me joy that I stand on because it's what I am. Last one is that is joy in the fact that right now, this life, we're just in transition. One of the things that we say at the young adults, it may seem a little bit corny or uh, I hope it's not like sacrilegious, but like we just say, hey guys, this, this life, it's just a trip to Disney World. We're all on the trip to Disney World. We're, we have tri trials, struggles, flat tires, auto accidents, different things. It's still the trip to Disney World. When I was little, I mean, I, my parents tried, took, tried, they took us to Disney World and we were just old enough to be okay with it, but kind of complain the whole way. But like when you try to take a little kid and they don't understand where they're going, you know, half an hour into the ride and it's, ah, you know, we do that. If you're here, if you're here, and like I keep saying, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating this on purpose. You've given your life to Jesus. You are his. Your destination is paradise. It's paradise. And eternity dwarfs anything that happens here. Anything. Romans 8.18. For I consider that the, the trials, the struggles, the hardships of this time are not even worthy to be compared to that day, to where I'm going. That's joy. And that's what Jesus brought. How about if we have the band come up? I'm going to conclude with the conclusion statement and, and then just pray. Um, and then we get, we get to baptize people. I'm excited. 
I'm excited. Um, I really, I pray that this Christmas you catch joy like never before. That you'll, like, you'll never see a nativity scene again without knowing your worth to him and how he entered into, into your suffering, to my suffering to bring you joy. And I don't, look, I don't pray that just because you need it and I need it. I mean, that's one thing. I, I pray those things for you because you need that joy. You need that in your life. I do pray for it because of that. But you know what? I also pray that you'll catch those things because the world needs it. The people who aren't here in this room, they need to see it in you. They need to see something different, not fake, not a planet on smile, but real joy. You ever wonder, like, sometimes I know we, we get on each other for like when we say, hey, how are you doing? And we always go, I'm okay, I'm good. Even when things aren't good. It seems like a lie, but I think Christians are allowed to say that. Because when you ask me how I'm doing, it is always, I'm good. I'm good. Sure, I'm going through some tough stuff. Gretchen and I, when we went through our sadness, you know, I was telling people we're, we're sad, but we're strong. You guys are good. You're good. Everything's going to be okay. That's what Advent and joy is all about. Let's pray. Father, I have said this many times, but I so appreciate how, how much you still love us even though we don't get things. Like I just talked this whole time about joy, Lord, but I know that I don't fully get it. But you still love me. Lord, I so appreciate that we can stand on joy that you've brought. You brought that day when you came and you were delivered as a baby laying in a manger, so little, so small, entering into our suffering. What love you must have for each of us. What incredible love. I don't know, Lord, in some way, will you help us catch that this year? We help us catch it in a different way where we won't seek so hard after trying to find things and make us happy. But Lord, that we will truly rest in your joy. We need that and the world needs to see it in us, Lord. Please do that in us, would you? Amen. <laughs>